Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. School of Humans. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cadaver Gals, the super happy and uplifting podcast where we talk about the ways that people have died throughout history to cope with our own mortality. I'm your host, Taylor, along with Gabby and Nika. Make your voices known, ladies. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs> and then, ah, great. We're alive somehow. Here we are. That's good. That's great. Okay, so today we're going to hear about how torpedoes led to human shark bait and how you could really be afraid of fairies. I said fairies. That's right. Trigger warnings for this episode include, but are not limited to, explosions, shark attacks, dehydration, smoke inhalation, suicide, and murder. Wow. (laughs) Also, it's going to be a very uplifting episode. You have to add fairies to that. And fairies, if those are triggers for you. Like the creature. Yes, the creature fairies. Cue upbeat cadaver theme music to trick people to stay. Yay! Cadaver gals! All right. Well, as we approach the ocean swimming season, I think as it's officially called... Um, it's important to know all of the risk factors in that. So, Gabby, would you like to tell us your beautifully uplifting tale? 
Yeah, I don't know if this is going to be like a risk if you are swimming, but this is a risk if you are delivering atomic bombs to islands near Japan and you're on a big ship in the That's Navy. That's literally so, like my summer plans. Yeah, like... This is your war risk. Yeah, this you're is... at sea war risk. But also if this is your summer plan, I think this story is the story for you. <laughs> but <laughs> so basically what had happened is I am... I mean, I feel really stupid because we all work at like a a television production company, but there's so many movies that I haven't actually seen. So I finally watched Jaws for the first time like two weeks ago. Thank you. Look at me. What was your favorite part? Was it the score? I mean, I definitely liked when they had to cut up the one shark. That was kind of fun. Or actually, I did scream where there's a part where they go out to a boat to see to like check it out. And then there's like a dead body floating by it. And I did scream. It was very I didn't expect that to happen. (laughs) But there is a really good uh, they have like a really good speech kind of in like the end of the second act of the movie where there's this dude who is a boating guy and he's just like super stereotypical. Like, yes, I go out in the seas and fight the sharks or whatever. But it is revealed that he was on board the USS Indianapolis. And the reason I bring it up is because apparently that actually all happened. Like the way he described it, basically he's like, yeah, we were hit by Japanese torpedoes and then the ship sank and then a lot of us were eaten by sharks. And it's like, oh, that actually happened 100% in real life. Ooh. So this is the story of that. So let's go back in time <laughs> to... 1945, you know, World War II is a happening. You know, the the Europeans, the Germans, they had surrendered in May, but then we still had to deal with the Japanese and the sort of the Pacific Oceanic part of the war. Woohoo, wartime, isn't it fun? Exciting stuff. Everyone knows war is better when there's water. Yeah, water wars, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But so on July 16th, 1945, at a San Francisco dock, there was a bunch of Navy and Marine people who were on board the USS Indianapolis. And there's this one Marine, Ed Harold, and he was stationed to just be like a guard on board the boat. And so they're loading up some stuff in San Francisco before they set sail across the ocean. And suddenly he sees this huge crate drive up on this truck. And he's like, what the hell? He didn't say that, probably. He seems like a good boy. But he was like, what the heck is that crate? Jeepers. Jeepers, creepers. What is on that? (laughs) That's what they said then, right? I mean, he wrote a whole book about it. So you can... I'm sorry, Ed. I'm sorry. But he saw the crate. He saw it getting loaded onto onto the boat. And he didn't know what it was. And he asked around, like, nobody knew what it was. And then there was all these other people who got on board who they were dressed like Air Force people. But he later learned they were scientists and they were also carrying this other big box. And apparently that box was filled with half of all the uranium that America owned at the time. Because in that crate was Little Boy, which is the name of the atomic bomb that was dropped on Mm, Hiroshima. What a dreadful name. Why would you name a bomb Little Boy? And then the one that was dropped on Nagasaki was Fat Man. So, Right. Yeah. (laughs) Haha, ha, aren't those... Really hating on men and boys today. Don't right? agree with fat shaming here. U.S. government, get it together. I mean, it's not fat shaming to say this is the biggest bomb explosion that ever happened. You know, that's a fat bomb. <laughs> that was a fat-ass bomb. That is something you can say about 
the bombs. Anyway, terrible. Hundreds of thousands of people died. Ha, 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 ha. Ah, okay. Anyway, so they get they're on the boat. They still don't know what their cargo is, and they get up uh, after a few weeks. They get over to Tinian Island and they drop off the package of the bomb. And then they're gonna say, "Here's your package. Here's your package of little boy. Here's your little boy. Here's your little, little boy, boy you ordered. <laughs> That's called oh, sex trafficking. Yeah, except or it's, bomb trafficking. It's a bomb. Yeah. So it is trafficking, except uh. I guess they had permission to kill a bunch of people, so it wasn't trafficking. As long as you have permission, <laughs> as like long what? as you have okay, permission, it's fine if you have permission from other countries to kill a bunch of people, it's fine. <laughs> uh, this is a really incisive look at war here mm-hmm. on Cadaver Gals. As we all know, it is the most scientific and historically accurate show there is. I out there. am not even going to blame myself because in high school, our history teacher was also the PE coach, so. <laughs> I really blame Coach Bellis. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like our health teacher was also our P teacher, which makes more sense. But instead of like teaching us anything, we just watched Grey's Anatomy. And also, <laughs> oh, gosh, then we watched Donnie Darko to show us what mental illness is like. So is that why that you're like helpful. that, Gabby? Yes, that is why I'm like the Coach Nesbitt. That shout sense. out to you. He's in several Usher music videos. So thank you for teaching us about (laughs) mental illness. So after they drop off little boy, they are then sailing to the Philippines. This is a big ass ship. It's got like 1200 dudes on it. And Ed, our man who wrote the book about this incident, he was assigned to sort of watch the deck. It was at midnight, one of the nights, a few days after they had set sail. And he got a little pallet, made himself a pallet on the deck and was just going to go to sleep when suddenly around midnight, Something hits the ship. And by something, I mean a torpedo, motherfucker. And you could feel the shit out of it. And it was like 30 feet from where Ed had was like trying to go to sleep, you know. So he obviously woke the fuck up. And then suddenly, boom, boom, another torpedo hits the boat. And they're like, oh, shit, this isn't good because everything starts breaking. And the ship is basically breaking in half from these two torpedoes. They got hit by a Japanese submarine uh, that had actually launched six torpedoes at them. But two of them hit, and it was making the boat sink really fast. That's scary. Yeah. I don't ever want to be on a sinking ship. Yeah, I don't. I mean, emotionally, I think we're all there, but yeah, uh, no. on a literal one, no. Anyway, so boat basically breaks in half, and there's 1,200 people who are on board, and 300 people do not make it off the ship as mm. the boat sank. That's a lot. That is a lot. So 300 people passed away that way. And then another big problem is that the fuel of the boat gets all over the place. So there's like oil. So basically they're falling into an ocean of oil. And that's not good. Yeah. And so then there's 900 of them. So imagine this. It is the middle of the night. It is hot as fuck. You're in a bunch of oil with 900 other dudes and 300 people have just died and you don't know what the fuck's happening. And you're in the literal middle of the ocean. Okay, so it's the middle of the night, but it's not until the next morning at daybreak when they saw the first sign of shark fins circling around them. Donna. So they've been in the water for about six hours, and then they start seeing fucking sharks. You know, and they don't know what's going on. That's so scary. <laughs> it's so scary. That's so scary. 
And so what the the guys, what what all the uh, the Marines and the Navy people were doing in the water is they were trying to get in like larger groups and sort of so they could float together because they were like, you know, floating out all across the ocean, basically. And also they were thinking in groups they might be safer because they were seeing Mm -hmm. some of the people who had already died in the water, like their bodies were being dragged down by the sharks. But then there was also any straggler soldiers. You would just kind of like see them out in the water and then suddenly you would hear like a blood curdling scream and they would Mm -mm. disappear under the water because the sharks had started attacking. That's so scary. You would just, you just don't know if you're next and then you just boop, dragged underwater and eaten. Yeah. And by everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people were getting attacked by sharks. And so kind of like if you're at the edge of these groups, um, like Ed, our Marine guy, he was in a group of 80 people to start out with. And then they get kept getting like plucked off, like on the edges of the group. That's so many people that are like still floating around. Yeah. So there's 900 people. And like, as the days, Oof. as the hours went on, more and more people were dying because of variety causes. One was the sharks. And there's just like, some of the descriptions are just so harrowing, just because it's like, you know, you're there with these other people who are still like, everyone's like fighting to stay alive. But then, like, you're seeing people, like, disemboweled people, like, just a torso, and you're just, like, pushing people away from you because you don't want the blood to get near you so the sharks don't get attracted to it. The PTSD that must have (laughs) given these poor people. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, even when you see them sort of describing it, um, because, like, most of them are in their 90s or they've passed away, all the survivors from this, uh, they still, like, get so terrified when they're sort of, like, you know, talking about it, obviously. And there was, like, this one description where, like... There was this one guy who a wave broke over them and like a dead body just like slammed right into them. And it was just like a disemboweled, like half eaten body. Mm. And, he, and then it was also like Mm-mm. they didn't really have any food rations, obviously. I mean, they had some food rations, but there was this one moment where they had opened a can of spam, but then that attracted the sharks to them. Yeah. So then they just like got rid of all of their rations for the most part, too. So it's kind of like they're starving. They're obviously super dehydrated and yeah. there's these sharks attacking them. It's also just like a hopeless situation, truly, because where do you go? You're in the middle of the ocean. Like, where are you going to swim? You don't even know what direction to go to, you know? Yeah. And you're just also you are literally swimming the whole time because they had their life jackets. But, you know, they would deflate after a while. These K-pop jackets aren't meant to last for days. For days. Yeah, they they don't last very long. I mean... They're for short term. Yeah, and their distress signal, like, no one was really clear. Did it get sent out? Did it not? Like, they literally didn't know that if anybody knew where they were. And no one did. Like, they, no one knew where they were. I mean, could you imagine the conversations? You're out there for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And you're like, and you're just sitting there wondering, I mean, are you, are they I'm trying to distract themselves? I'm honestly surprised that people like, survived. Like, I know. That is yeah, amazing. how did they get rescued? Well, that's the, the thing is, I don't even think they would be having conversations because you are literally just trying to preserve all of your energy because you are yeah. treading water this whole time. And so you are exhausted. You're scared. And so Ed Harrell, who is the Marine, he was saying, you know, he started in a group of 80 men. By the third day, it was three. Oh, my God. Three men. And by the last day, it was just him. And another guy, basically, no. this one group of 80. And for the most part, it's like, yeah, people are getting, there's obviously the horror of the sharks, but it's also like dehydration, obviously, and people were starting to drink the salt water. There was this one guy who said, you know, men began drinking the salt water so much that they were very delirious. 
In fact, a lot of them had weapons like knives and they'd be so crazy that they'd be fighting amongst themselves and killing one another. And then there'd be mm. others that drank so much salt water that they were seeing things, even though you don't hallucinate from salt water, you hallucinate from like being dehydrated. And they say things like the India is down below and they're giving out fresh water and food is in the galley and they'd swim down and a shark would get them <gasps> and you would see the sharks eating your comrade. This is horrific. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely horrific. Yeah. And so there was, you know, the sharks also people, even though it was like hot outside, you would, people were still getting like hypothermia and dying. And Ed Harrell, he said this thing in his book, he has like a, a few quotes that he says again and again, but he said, it's much easier to die than it is to live. Because basically yeah. it was just like in that instance, you had to muster everything inside of you. And it's like, he was really, he, he described this one guy he was in, who was the, in the group of three, one of the guys basically died of exhaustion but the way he described it it really did seem like he died because of like hopelessness because unless you're like mm. holding on to life you know it's just like that is so sad and depressing yeah so it is yeah 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 and so they're in the water for four and a half days that is such a long time i mean i think about like some just like the longest days of just like being at work like those are some long days yeah, and like the only fresh water they had is like on the second day, a cloud came over and it rained a little bit. So that was like all the fresh water that they had. And they had at one point, there was like a sack of potatoes that like floated by or something. So they were able to eat like a raw potato, but Ugh. they really didn't have anything. And so what happened then was on the fourth day, they're just literally happenstance, a plane is flying overhead. It's the American Air Force flying overhead basically looking out for Japanese submarines and they see this sort of glistening in the ocean. They're like, Oh shit, that's probably a submarine. We should like scope it out and see what it is. But it just happened to be like the badges of one of the men who was in the water. And so literally it was pure luck that anyone found them. Jeez. And so they go with the plane, the plane that they had couldn't land on water. So they radioed back to headquarters. They sent out a plane within the hour there was a technical problem with it, so it couldn't land uh, for some reason. But the guy who was flying the plane was like, no, I have to save these people because he could literally see people being eaten by sharks as he like oh. approached. So he landed the plane. He got like 50 dudes on it. And then that's when they started doing the evacuation. But it was after four and a half days. So 900 people went into the water and 300 people were rescued. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. And so it was estimated that anywhere, because I mean, they obviously can't tell. They're saying a few dozen to 150 people were killed by sharks. And there was just like this one stat that I saw that it was like people lost in four days, like 20 pounds just from like treading yeah. water and being exhausted. Um, and yes, yeah, so it was 316 people survived. And this was the worst naval loss in U.S. history. It gets sadder, wow. too. <laughs> I mean, they survived. No, no. So, no. I mean, a lot of this, it's like, obviously, the shark deaths didn't make up the majority of the deaths. The majority was like dehydration or hypothermia or exhaustion. Yeah, but you see, you see one or two. That is like, I mean, death is traumatizing. Like seeing your friends and like people you work with die for any reason is awful. But to see them just like be so like helpless in a shark situation. Blech. I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously there was like 
months long recovery for a bunch of people, mental trauma, probably never fully recovered. Yeah. But afterwards, they were trying to figure out, you know, they had to have someone to blame for what happened. And so what ended up happening was that the captain of the boat, Charles McVeigh, he survived. And so he was court martialed for failing to maneuver the ship in zigzags. When you are in enemy waters, you're supposed to zigzag your ship because it makes it harder for torpedoes to hit you. So he was demoted and it was a really controversial verdict. And after that happened, he also just got hate mail for years and years. And the captain ended up killing himself in 1968. Oh, my gosh. That it, all because of victim blaming. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, yeah, should have zigzagged the ship. But the fucked up, the really fucked up thing about it is that it was found that the U.S. that U.S. intelligence actually knew that there were two Japanese submarines where the boat was. So like they knew and yet they were still commanded to go to the Philippines. So it's really their fault if we're putting the blame on some if we are forcing to put blame on this on this tragedy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yes. So that is the horror show that was the sinking of the USS Indianapolis. And it's sad as fuck. Well, thank you, Gabby. Um, we're going to, you know, take a quick breather. Um, but when you come back, we'll talk about more reasons why you should be afraid of the ocean. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. 
It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. All righty, welcome back. Um, so question, when you guys are, if slash when you guys are at the beach, do you get in the ocean? I know this answer, actually. Yeah, of course. You know me and my jellyfish experience when we went to the beach together? Yes, 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 yes. Um, do you ever worry about getting eaten by a shark? Because I think time. about that every single time All I time. put my little toes in. Gabby? I don't know if I worry about it that much but now i am great well it's not super (laughs) it's not like you have a higher chance of getting like of dying from like a spider bite which is my biggest fear or you know the hippopotamus which is what they always talk about they who's they who's talking about hippo deaths oh my gosh hippos kill a lot of people no i know they're massive i want to ride one but probably mm, not. That's not a great idea. Probably not. Not it's, recommended. It's like a low risk in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, I don't, there's not yeah. many rogue hippos around these parts. So if you are one of those daredevils that goes in the ocean, I thought I'd tell you about some of the dangerous sharks out there because I, you know, really love animals and I want to talk about sharks. Can you give us safety tips as well or no? Of course. But I first want to talk about the, some of the most dangerous, well, Actually, do you want to guess how many shark breeds there are? Because it's like way more than I thought. 6,000. Okay, there's somewhere between the two. Okay, 36. Uh, no, way more than that, actually. 500. Just say it, Taylor. Okay, 375. And of that 375, only 12 are considered to be dangerous to humans. So that's the good news. That's great, Um, yeah. Yeah. So first and foremost, we have to worry about Jaws himself, a.k.a. the great white shark. They are the big daddies coming in at a whopping 11, 24 feet. So that's like more than four Nika lengths long. Thank you. I am in the metric system. You are now in our metric system. So if you see that big shark, like you need to just get the fork out of there, right? (laughs) Those are those are really scary. They're really big. You you can't miss them. And then you also there's the tiger shark, which is the next shark you should be afraid of. That's about three ish Nikas long, so like thirteen to sixteen feet. Well, that was one of the ones because they had guessed two different breeds of sharks that had been attacking the people in the water, and the tiger shark was one of them. Yes, those are also incredibly scary. 
And then you have to worry after the tiger shark, you also have to be worried about the bull shark, which scary fact about these boys and girls, they can survive in fresh water for a little bit. So they can be found traveling through rivers. So, you know, be looking out for those river sharks. Oh, no. I will say I would rather swim in the ocean than in a river. Rivers just feel kind of forbidden for me. I feel like, yeah, I feel like parasites live in rivers which is a little bit scarier to me which i'm sure there are bull sharks live there too so who knows you just can't swim anywhere because the flesh-eating disease is in the hot tubs and the pools so where are we gonna swim now you know there's nowhere safe for you to swim and then you also have the the worry of drowning too oh i forgot about drowning thank you (laughs) (laughs) you're never safe in water so other sharks to be afraid of are the oceanic white tip shark which Obviously, they have a little white tip on their dorsal fin, which I'm less stressed about these because they like the medium deep waters, which I'm not getting in super, super deep. That being said, Jacques Cousteau is quoted saying that they're the most dangerous of them all. So don't listen to me. Jacques Cousteau knows way more than me about this sort of thing. Is he a singer? Well, that was the other shark that they were thinking was attacking the dudes in the water, too. So it was the oceanic white tip and the tiger shark. So, yeah, those are those are definitely top five scary, scary sharks that you don't want to mess with. Hungry big daddies. Oh, yeah. The next one is the blue shark, which I actually think is the cutest of the sharks. They're like long and skinny with big old black eyes and they like have this super long skinny kind of nose. Super cute. Then you have the short fin mako, which they're kind of derpy looking, but they're really fast. So they can swim at like 45 miles per hour. So you're pretty much cannot swim that one. I hope the mako gets you because you just called it derpy. He's so cute. He's cute too, but he's a little bit derpy. I am just imagining Taylor getting attacked by a shark being like, oh, it's so cute. Look Literally, at it. Just <laughs> take him open arms. I mean, no, I would be very scared. Um, so then there's the black tip shark, which again, you guessed it, black tips on their fins, but I'm going to say that they're like the second cutest, (laughs) just if we're playing on that. And then the hammerhead shark, um, which you don't want to be swimming at night. Yeah. Is it, wasn't that one of the ones too, Gabby, the hammerhead? No, I think it was just the tiger shark. These guys like to hunt at night. Well, I don't think it was hammerheads, um, because it wasn't hammer time. Right. The hammerhead was in, um, <laughs> hammer time wasn't invented back then, so it wasn't the hammerhead. Yeah. Um, right. The hammerhead okay. was in that movie about that missing child, fish, fish child. Nemo? Oh, Nemo? Yes. Finding Nemo? So was a, one of them was a hammerhead, one of them was a great white shark, and then, he was I don't know skinny. what the other one he was. was like skinny and long. That could have been one of my cute guys. I'm going to say Taylor, the blue shark. Taylor, how do I protect myself? Don't you worry. I mean, you should be worried if you're getting attacked by a shark. Well, first things first, if you don't want to get attacked by a shark, it is just not even recommended that you get in the water. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, well. well, great advice, Step Taylor. One. Don't be in the water. You're welcome. They can't walk. Step one, don't get in. Exactly. Step two, don't dress like a seal. So like, don't wear a dark wetsuit because they can mistake you for a seal. These are just the safety precautions. <laughs> so stupid. I'm just like getting in the water dressed up as a seal. You know, just a dark Furries wetsuit. Furries everywhere looks... are so upset. So wear like a neon <sighs> suit. Yes. 
but nothing sparkly because that could be misconstrued as bait. Another thing is, is don't be swimming where people are fishing. And that is like one of my biggest pet peeves. I cannot stand those people who fish on a beach where there's people swimming. They're literally luring in these sharks. And not only that, if you're going for a walk on the beach, then you can be clotheslined by them. So basically, if you are one of those people that does that, I aggressively do not like you and you should trip on a sandcastle. Wow. Change your um, ways. Trip yeah. on a sandcastle, Taylor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I hope a spoon um, breaks your garbage disposal. Oh, that's, that's Isn't that aggressive. Good? That is mean. Well, that is good. I hope you wake up with a, just an unexplainable sadness that you never get over. <laughs> okay anyway what else can i do taylor okay the other thing is is if you're bleeding don't go in the water they'll smell it they'll go towards it okay so period question mark i mean try not to like free bleed in the ocean i guess try not to have a bleed everywhere don't be don't if you're a woman don't get in the water don't again if you're a woman just don't (laughs) don't be just don't okay but i think honestly i think all of those are kind of a given but if you find your way in the ocean and you're staring a shark in the face keep doing that what they like to do is they like to circle you and they like to get you from behind like a little goose from behind you know (laughs) so it's advised that you just try and stay facing it and slowly swim backwards so be practicing your frogger staring contests and stuff lastly and like typically they'll just go away if that happens but if they do get you all I can say to do is fight back, try and go for the gills, go for the eyes, literally wherever. They often get, they're like, oh, if this is, this is too much of a struggle. I just don't even feel like eating you. You're kind of, you're kind of too hard to eat. So then they might move on. But yeah, so basically just don't get in the water. That's long story short. Great advice. You're welcome. I guess maybe I should work out some so I can be stronger because I feel like if I fought back against a shark, it wouldn't really do much. And I don't really have full control of my limbs, so I need to get better aim. Well, when I was a kid, my mom always said, you know, she didn't ever want us going in deeper than like our belly button. But this one day I got a little too deep, me and my older sister, and this I'm telling you, it was a shark. I don't know what kind. I wasn't well-versed in the breeds at the time. But I got a little tangled up in a giant shark-like fish. Oh, no. Yeah. And basically, I just got, like, tangled up with it. And it, like, hit me on the back with its fins. And I had, like, a bruised back and, like, red marks all over my back. It was, like, really scary. It's very traumatizing. it just left you alone? I didn't get bitten. But I, like, it was, like, with its tail. Do you want to know something that white people do sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> T- I'm sure I already know. As well. Um, well, I was talking to someone I know, and they told me that when they were younger, they went to a movie screening that was on the water of where Jaws is set. Basically, they got to watch the movie on floaties with like a big projector inside of the water, and they had actors going around in the ocean with shark fins and they would scare you in scary moments i don't like that that's weird gabby would you partake um i think i would like to be the person who's scaring like i would wear the costume (laughs) and like creep up on people i think i would do a good job at that you would i think you would be good at that yeah i'm a proud creeper so 
I'd be that seems like the profession for me. <laughs> All right. Well, at any rate, be careful out there. There are sharks. Don't worry. They're not. It's not super likely to happen. But we're just fear bait, you know. fe- fear mongering right now. Those exactly. shark attacks are on the rise steadily from 1900. So they are. However, the reason that they're on the rise is not global warming. We can't blame global warming for this one. It's because of tourism. There's more people in the oceans, therefore more chances that people will get. It looks like there's attacked. too many people. I think we need a plague. Oh, oh wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Any- sorry. That was honestly a terrible joke. Well, but- you know what? I think that was a great segue to then tell our listeners why they should be afraid of fairies. That's a terrible segue, actually. <laughs> Just be afraid. It's a segue nonetheless. I, I am afraid. I want our listeners to know that, yeah, we're fear-mongering, but that is kind of like the premise of the show. But really, you're probably, you're probably safe. You know, you're probably going to be okay. Except for You're all, you're probably the- going to be okay until you actually die. These are just ways that you could die. Yeah, these are just some your poo-poo platter of death. Anyway, Nika, let's hear about these fairies. Yeah. Also, the pandemic is nothing to make light of, but sometimes we made light of things to somehow cope with them. Okay. <laughs> fairies, fairies. Yes, I'm a big fan of all sil. Actually, I'm going to take that back. Not silly things, because I actually very much respect the forces, the invisible forces that surround us. I just love learning about these things. Exactly. So I say we, uh, you know, skip on down to 2014. Okay. And at this cottage, (laughs) mm -hmm, at this cottage in, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but for the first time, I am sorry for my pronunciation if it's terrible. Balinagara Bog in Lixnaw, Ireland. It is this small village in West Ireland, and this teeny tiny white cottage in this bog is owned by the county. You know, it's kind of, it has this like long winding dirt road, and it has lots of overgrown brush, um, and this cottage has been abandoned for about seven years. It has had five residents in the past 25 years, and every single one of them has died under mysterious or random slash strange circumstances. According to legend, this house is haunted by violent fairies. Oh, no. That's not the good kind of fairy. as I said, exactly. Well... Let's just eradicate the notion of a good or a bad fairy, okay? Like this, they, they are very complicated. Beings. Oh, you're right. That's now. a good. Yeah, I I, act, I take it back too because I also think with people, there's no such thing as like good or bad or whatever. It's exactly. Just, so you're right. I'm I'm sorry. I applied that to another species, a real species of things. Yeah. There you go, Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the tea. First of all, I have. I wanted to say this. To anyone or anything listening, I have a lot of respect for the spiritual and the supernatural world, and we're just sharing this story about, sometimes they like to call themselves, or like for people to call them, the little people or the good folk. So we're just sharing these stories about these creatures. I mean no disrespect, because I don't want to anger anything that that doesn't need to be angered, you know? Yeah, we respect we like you. In case they're listening. Yeah. Yeah, just in case they're listening. 
Anyway, now according to Eddie Lenihan, who is this professional Irish storyteller and fairy lobbyist, he advocates for the rights of fairies, the house, the cottage, probably was built on a fairy path or a funeral path or a fairy fort, which is basically this prehistoric circular settlement made of like stone or earth. You find them a lot in Ireland and in Britain and in Germany. And he basically says that building on a fairy path is a major mistake because fairies do not like their sacred paths to be disturbed. And well, yeah, they're taking their land. Exactly, yeah. And essentially, fairy paths are sacred because it's the only way that fairies can get to where they're going. It's kind of like a highway. And so when you disturb their path, they have to figure out like a new route to go on. And then it's not very easy. Those have been there for centuries, you know. So if you just drop a cottage on there or, you know, build something new over there, they're probably going to get mad. And when they get mad, they kind of get violent. And what's interesting is this is... even. Yeah, exactly. Get mad, get even. So this is actually a super common belief in Ireland, which I think is very interesting, especially in the rural areas. And um, a lot of it is associated or derived from Celtic folklore. There are ways, and still to this day this happens, that farmers and landowners protect themselves against accidentally angering fairies. Like some builders, they will stick a spade or a set of rocks in a particular formation on the land they're planning to build on, and they wait one night, and then if the spade or if the rocks are still there, it is okay to build on. But if they've moved, then construction immediately stops. Um, Wow. Which is fascinating. And this woman, yeah, and this woman, also in 2014, reported that she was going over her property portfolio with um, her banker, and... um, She just had, like, some land owned by her family, and she just wanted to go over it with her bank manager. And the manager asked her if there were any fairies on her property. Like, an actual, like, banking question. That's, like, a part of the questionnaire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which I just find so interesting. Like, what do you reply to that? I don't, like, I don't know. Well, you answer the question, Nika. Yes or no? I don't know. This just makes me think that I'm just like, what if we had this amount of respect for like real people? (laughs) You know? Can you imagine? (laughs) I can't. I can't imagine what that would be like. Um, Yeah. And it's actually super fascinating. There was this case one time that our very own fairy lobbyist was a part of where there was a known fairy fort and it was a place seen as sacred to the good people the city or the county will actually protect it. And this happened in 1999. This 100 million pound highway bypass was being built in Latoon, Ireland, and it was going to demolish what our fairy lobbyists called a sacred fairy bush. He said that fairies would go there often and it was like a fort for them and it was very spiritual and special. And, um, our friend Eddie literally warned the government that if they built over the bush, there would be dire consequences. Things like constant car accidents or really bad luck or just random deaths around the area would start happening. He kind of threatened the government, question mark. Um, <laughs> like, okay. I mean, it's not him, it's the And fairies. the government listened. Could you imagine true. In, in America if we did that? Like, what would... What would the government say? They'd be like, mm. I don't know. I mean, we could we could always try. Um, like, oh my gosh, like in Parks and Rec when the Native American character is like, and now we will curse you until you fix this. And the white people are like, oh my God, I don't want to get cursed. Anyway, 
they listened. And he and some people in the community actually rallied around preserving the bush. And the council found a way to work around it and fence the bush in. So the bush would, like, never be touched by, like, construction or vandalism or anything like that. Which is just fascinating. Yes. Protect the bush, baby. Protect the bush. Not during my Brazilians, though. Mm -mm. Anyway, (laughs) in our haunted cottage, as I said, it's been abandoned for about seven years now. There were five people that died strangely there. So the first person who lived there actually fell asleep while smoking a cigarette and then died of smoke inhalation. And then another person, oh, this is bad, hung himself and he was found by his neighbors. Mm. And then another died in this random car accident, just like strange, weird, you know, just out of nowhere kind of things. And then another got stabbed in a different city. I think it was in Wales. And then the most recent, it's kind of like the most convoluted one and scariest probably. She was murdered in one of the bedrooms. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. And so by her son. Oh. Yeah. She was 62. And according to authorities and what I found, um, she was killed by her autistic teenage son who lived with her. And I think he's now, um, or he was back then. I don't know where he is now, but he's in a psychiatric hospital. So. Wow. It's like, is that all a kawinky dink, you know? Like, those were the last five people who lived in that house? Yeah. So, a lot of people in that small town are asking the government to tear down the cottage, basically, because they think it has something to do with weird, unexplained phenomena. And Ireland is, again, like, so strong with, like, Celtic Association and fairies and stuff like that that they just think it's, like, fairies putting a curse on these people. Wow. Wow. That's the government has not made a decision yet, so I think they're still thinking about it. They're still they're still pondering. I mean, I think that like once it comes to a point where like so many people like so many w- strange things like that, you know, have happened in one area, we should just you know, there's something going on there. We should just let it you know let it be. Let's not nobody live there. Let's just protect our- ourselves and protect the people that well, just, may be yeah, there start start fresh you know yeah just tear it down <laughs> i mean whether or not it's fairies it just has usually people don't like living in places where someone has died recently you know yeah that's what i'm saying it's like after five people like there's definitely not good vibes going going on there so we should just like so even if you don't believe in fairies you got to believe in vibes <laughs> exactly (laughs) (laughs) well it's true like i mean would you want to live somewhere if you know that someone's died there maybe that was the the little people's plan all along Mm -hmm. the good folk all right when we come back we'll talk about some more fairy tales trinity school of natural health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. 
Right Rug Flooring. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Okay, welcome back, all you cadaver gals. And pals. And pals. So I wanted, I did a little dive into this Irish folklore, if you will, and these little people are also called Dana She or She or Sheed. So the Dana She is actually the proper terminology. Um, and it's actually offensive to call them fairies. Oops. I literally knew it. That's why I did that PSA because I was like, I just want to say. But let me tell I don't you anger why. Anyone. But let me tell you why. It's because it's like it implying this like Tinkerbell type that like these, you know, dainty little things with wings that are like, you know, wearing short skirts and whatnot. Like, and that's just not the case. Well, it's not. <laughs> why did you look at me I just, like that? Because I just made a face that was like, well, we don't. Is there a case? <laughs> like, according, to, anyone, according to yes. this, according to my research, okay, that is not the case. They wear long yes. skirts. Right. They wear long skirts and pants and whatever they want because, you know, they don't, there's no. They don't need to adhere to the beauty standards of our society. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, so they are actually believed to be fallen angels and they inhibit the air as warriors and the waters and land or the subterranean. And those are the ones that are a little bit closer to hell, therefore a little bit more mischievous, if you know what I mean. Oh, I know what you mean. Mm hmm. They're mm-hmm. very. I actually don't doubt that, Gabby. <laughs> As Nico was saying, they're very respected because it's it's said that they have these darts, and these darts are they can shoot you with, and they either can cause harm or luck, and they're very protective of their lands, and they they were believed to cause death to those who try and mess with their homes 
or like, you know, just general bad fortune. So today is St. Patrick's Day, as we all know. So leprechauns are actually a part of this fairy world. And sadly, they are kind of known to be the defective fairy children. Rude. Um, they, that is so offensive. They're I defective know, it is. fairy children. That's, that's just what I read, okay? They are the bankers and the cobblers of the fairy world. The bankers because of the gold and cobblers because, you know, they make shoes. And also, this is also a really sad fact, is there are no lady leprechauns, so they cannot procreate. Maybe that's why they're Okay, wait, so how, how, do, how, how are they here? That's my question. Because they're the, the defective fairy children. So but where do they, where do they're still fairies, that they just, they're still fairies, or the Dana she. They had like a birth defect in their fairy mom's womb. Something like that, yes. And originally they they were known to wear red, but somehow like it morphed into green. But we will we will come back to that. So often they're t- depicted as grumpy. Maybe they're sexually frustrated. Who knows? <laughs> well, anyway. So they also have cousins called the Cluricon. And they often get confused with leprechauns, which if you come across a leprechaun and you call him a Cluricon, they will be incredibly offended i literally pray that i never come across anything like this truly one time as a child i prayed and prayed and prayed that i would see my guardian angels and then when i realized that i maybe could i literally was like i take it back god i was like (laughs) sobbing my eyes out like clawing my eyes i was just like closing them so scared in a bathtub not unlike gabby right now actually (laughs) listener yeah gabby is recording from the bathtub there's construction so anyway, the Chloricon live in wine cellars, and they are known to be the drunks of the Dana She. And if you leave your alcohol unattended, they'll drink it. And oh, I don't you... be leaving it unattended. It's tended exactly. to. <laughs> and if you piss them off, they'll make your food go bad or even fight you, which could even put you in the hospital. So apparently they're very strong, too. So for sure, you don't want to piss them off. Also, if you're like, you know, I'm tired of my alcohol being drunk by someone else. Like, I'm going to go somewhere else. Okay, so there's actually no, there's no escaping them either. If you leave, like if you move, they'll follow. But I will say, if you have one living in your house, then maybe that means you have good taste in alcohol. Oh. Or you have a problem. (laughs) Like... Maybe you're an alcoholic, question mark. I mean, you can have alcohol in the house, like nice alcohol in the house, but it doesn't mean you're an alcoholic. But it might look like it if the clericon's drinking it. But anyway. Though I think this is just another great case for sobriety. That or like a great cover up for if you have alcoholism, be like, it's the clericon. Well, my $5 wine and I are going to be fine. I don't think that they're looking for that. That Gabby gives to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gabby just gets me the worst wine. I do. Oh, no. All right. So anyway, today it is said that there are 236 leprechauns still in Ireland today. Apparently, there was a guy in 1989 who heard screaming, went to check it out, and there was like this burn spot on the ground. And that's where he found this like little hat, jacket, pants, and four coins. And so now it is assumed that this there's this like naked leprechaun running around, which people have been searching for. There's been like an increased number of locals and tourists in the area, which is part of the reason why they were protecting these Dana She is because they were basically just being pestered by locals trying to find them or tourists as well. 
So there you have it. Leprechauns, don't get them confused with Clericons. They are a part of the fairy family, but please call them the Danish she instead. Who is doing the census for the leprechauns? Like 236 is such a specific number. I just wonder how we came up with that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with, it has to do with like, as you were talking about earlier, these like, these areas that have been protected and like reported on. I don't, I think that they're a more, more I mean, they're probably not immortal. I don't know. They probably got different lifespans, you know, they're unique creatures. Yep. And uh, totally real, 100%. 100%, you know? Exactly. So... What a creature episode. I know. I was about to say, I'm not really sure what we what we learned in this episode. You know, the ocean is scary. You can get eaten by a shark. And actually, just be respectful of all people. Right? The end things. I love that. Be respectful this is like Sesame Street. other people's territories, like shark territory. Yeah. Or... Yeah, shark territory, Dana she territory, you know, what am I trying to say? I don't know. Yeah, maybe like don't steal land from people. But don't alas, steal land. don't mm. be an asshole. Don't mm. be an asshole. Sending this to um who's that guy that colonized everything? Christopher Columbus. The alleged that guy. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Also, just, like, don't go in the ocean and don't go to Ireland. You can go to Ireland. Just be really respectful and don't go looking for the Dana She because, you know, they have feelings, too. Yeah, they'll come to you. Their people will call your people. Yeah, great. Exactly. Well, this has been yet another fascinating episode of Cadaver Gals. See you next time. Cadaver Gals. Cadaver Gals is a production of School of Humans and iHeartRadio. It is hosted, produced, mixed, researched, all kinds of things by Gabby Watts, Nika Duarte, and Taylor Church. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cadaver Gals. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, 
every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive Budget Beach Finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Generations Riviera Maya Resort and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.